I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, peeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they crowd. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue. Commission as a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. I am your host, Rocky Petrella, at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter. And again, I brought in uh, one of my, my TA3 buddies to co-host with me. Uh, also does uh, his own podcast, The Debbie Delight, Chris Stoops, at Stoops1990. Stoops, how you doing? I am good. I'm excited. Got a lot of cool, cool stuff we're going to talk about. So excited to be on. I appreciate it. I know, uh, I think I've jumped on what once before yep. talked a little bit of Debbie there and that was fun. So I'm excited. Yeah, this will, this will be a, a more NFL oriented mm-hmm. show, but I, I got some questions for you guys later on. So, um, with your Debbie knowledge. So, um, we also, again, have another guest here, a great guest who also uh, does a lot of Debbie stuff. He's from the Debbie Marketplace, among other things, Kane Fissell. Kane, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun to uh, talk a little football or else, you know, my wife just kind of gets to hear it and she's about <laughs> sick of hearing football talk. Um, so it's nice to talk to someone else about it that uh, doesn't want to not talk to me. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> My wife would just walk away if I started talking football to her, I think. But we'll get right into it. We have a, have our start with our fantasy face-off, as we do every week. Fantasy face-off! And uh, because I had to get Debbie guys on here, I figured we'd go back to the rookie well and do two rookies. I, I thought this one was kind of interesting. Um, I thought it would be closer than it was when we pulled it on Twitter, but... Uh, they're the RB4 and RB5 this year, just just as we all expected when we drafted like a whole bunch of guys ahead of them in rookie drafts this year. Uh, James Robinson versus Antonio Gibson. And we did poll it on Twitter. It was over 1,100 votes, and it finished 70-30 in favor of Gibson. I The idea of these is to kind of try and make something that's a little more closer. I thought it would be closer when we polled it. I was a little surprised. Um, but but what do you think, Kane? Is uh, is it is it easily Gibson the way Twitter thinks it is, or or where are you where are you looking at these two? No, I'm I'm taking James Robinson. Um, if if I'm looking between these two, I think the biggest thing that we need to look at is the usage that James Robinson gets, which he's had you know like 93 percent of the touches or something like that, some crazy number at the running back position. Um, then we look at Antonio Gibson, who's actually just been extremely efficient. Right. And in, in the one statistic that isn't sticky, which is touchdowns. So right. he's he's scored, what, eight touchdowns, I think, in the last like 80 touches or something like that, which is completely ridiculous. Right. And and that's not sustainable. Um, so the idea that that we're expecting a rookie right to be used the exact same way that Christian McCaffrey was used in Carolina with Ron Rivera, like that's just not realistically going to happen. 
Um, and I think especially if we look at Dynasty moving forward, there's no reason why Jacksonville wouldn't want to stay with James Robinson, right? Like you don't just repeatedly ride him. And especially when he's on uh, undrafted free agent contracts, like you're paying what, $530,000 a year for this guy. So the money, the money that you're spending is so cheap that there's really no reason why you wouldn't want to just keep riding him into the ground and then maybe think about giving him a second contract. But, you know, the numbers dictate to never give a running back a second contract. But the idea, right, that that Antonio Gibson can continue to be this efficient isn't going to happen. Um, There's just the data doesn't support that it's going to consistently happen, that he's going to score touchdowns at the same rate. Um, so that's a lot of the reason why I think James Robinson um, is kind of the choice here, especially knowing that they're going to get a new quarterback. They're going to work to upgrade that defense in the draft. Um, I think it's going to get pretty exciting for James Robinson, especially when they've already decided to use him every down anyways. Um, imagine if those if those targets and those rushing attempts had less people in the box. Imagine that, right? That would just be better for their right. team. So I don't understand why you wouldn't want to go James Robinson here, especially – Right, especially if I have Antonio Gibson, I can probably get James Robinson plus a little piece, and I'm going to be a little happier, especially if I'm making that trade. It's yeah, it's funny you made made a lot of the points I was going to make because I'm right there with you. I, I'm I'm Robinson on this. I, like I said, I was surprised at the results of the Twitter poll. Uh, a lot of the ar- the argument that people were making uh, in the Twitter thread um, was that that Robinson is getting all this usage, and you can't expect him to keep getting this usage. And like you said, I don't I. I don't think they're going to invest in running back in the 20, you know, for the 2021 season. Why would they, like you said, they have him cheap. They, they might bring someone else in because they, they don't have much else there, but uh, I don't see them. They have so much else they need. They're not going to worry about running back. And, well, and, and even if you're saying that you're taking him from 93% of the, of the total touches down to like 78%, that's probably going to be better for him because he's going to end up going to end up being more efficient. Like if you look yep. at his stats right now, he's not an extremely efficient running back. The reason why he's valuable, right, is because of just the amount of work. So if you scale back the amount of work and then make the more valuable touches, well, then there's a no-brainer. He's going to have the like the same amount of fantasy output. So I don't understand, right, this this idea that we don't want to that we're just selling James Robinson and Dynasty and I'll happily buy. I've bought a couple shares already before the season, and I'll just keep buying if people are going to think that, you know, Jacksonville is going to draft a new running back. Yeah, I I like to buy. I have no shares of Robinson because I was I was not on the train early like some people are. Uh, I was definitely sell him sell him uh, when he was producing early. Get a first for him if you can. And I've totally flipped on him. And uh, like you said, and I love the point you made too that it, as they get better, you know, they'll probably get a Fields or a Lawrence. Um, upgrade on other places and and they won't be loading the box to stop James Robinson because there's basically crap at quarterback. So um, and the other thing that people were saying, they're acting like, you know, someone's going to come in for James Robinson. But my thinking is like, they're not going to bring in someone else with Antonio. They have nothing there in Washington. Now. I mean, the JD McKissick is getting some passing down work, but beyond that, they, they have nothing at running back after Antonio Gibson either. So I'm not sure he's, uh, totally stable as some sort of workhorse back going forward. And he's never done that in college, right, guys? I mean, he he was basically, what, he had like 80 touches was his best year in, in college, right, Stoops? Yeah, he, he wasn't used, in my opinion, nearly as much as he should have been. Um, but it was kind of the same thing. He's always just been that efficient guy um, to where it's like when the ball's in his hands, he's getting it done. So you're not wrong. 
I like Gibson a lot. I, I lean Gibson here. Um, all the points you made on Robinson, though, 100% valid. So the smarter move is to probably go Robinson. But I don't always make smart moves. So um, I actually traded for Gibson in my home league, and I was very happy about it. And he's done done well for me for the time being. And it was kind of one of those moves to, to make a run this year. I mean, I've got some other pieces that can help me with it. So he wasn't like the core of everything, but... It was still one of those where my stepdad just took my home league. He has Robinson. <laughs> it's impossible to get certain guys away from him, and Robinson's one of those. And he got like, I'll tell you, he he plays the waiver wire better than anybody I've ever met, and that's where he got Robinson, obviously. So, um, no, but yeah, Gibson was he just wasn't used much in college. Um, it just didn't go that way, and it's you know he's just efficient when he gets the ball though. Yeah, and to be clear, I mean, I do like Gibson as well. I just, I would lean Robinson here. And I like, I, I had this same note um, um, when I was writing about this, that uh, when I was putting some notes on the show sheet about this as as Kane did, which is uh, the real move given this, the results of this poll is, is if you have Gibson, I would trade him for Robinson Plus because uh, I think you're getting just as good, if not a better back and and getting something on top. So good discussion there. Uh, we'll move on to our commissioner corner. Commissioner Corner. And this week, uh, we do have a commit. Uh, it's funny. Um, we've been doing this here and there during the season. Uh, we did every week in the off season, um, But a whole bunch of issues came up this week in different leagues from different people, a couple in my leagues. Um, so I'm going to go over uh, both of them. I figured it made sense to do it this week um, with all the COVID craziness with the uh, Steelers and Ravens. I, I had a couple COVID uh, backup issues come up. I just want to see what you guys think. Um, from a commission angle, which is uh, one of them was that a guy uh, like most, like a lot of leagues are doing. Uh, we um, all my leagues, I'm allowing people to designate backup players for for guys in the games that might be canceled. And a guy had designated Ronald Jones as the backup for uh, Gus Edwards, and he so he didn't start Ronald Jones, and then. It came out and this actually didn't end up mattering because of the way things worked out. But he, he you know, that report came out that Dobbins and Ingram were going to be activated, uh, possibly be activated, be able to come off the COVID list. And he, he wanted to see if he could use Ronald Jones because he obviously had no idea that that they would be able because the game got postponed a second time that they would be able to, you know, play. So he wouldn't he's his argument was that he wouldn't have started Gus Edwards. Otherwise, um, he would have started Ronald Jones instead. So. He wanted me to let him use his backup player because the because of what happened after the fact. So, what what do you think on that, Stu? What would you do as a commission in that scenario? I'll for let me, you know what I did. Yeah, for me, it it's. I mean, the game was played, right? So it's like for me, I would have started Ronald Jones anyway, personally. <laughs> That's but, what a lot of people I asked about it said. But you know, but the fact because the thing is this: like, if the game would have ended up being canceled, then in that instance. He's designated the backup, and then you know we'd, we you'd make it happen. But since the game ultimately was played, like uh, to me, you're 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 stuck with what you put in your lineup because the game was played. So for me, I wouldn't have put in you know Rojo um, just because he asked. It's the game was played. So for me, it's you started Gus. You're going to stick with Gus. Unfortunately, now if the game was canceled, got a different thing going. We'll put Rojo in. But I would have anyway. I would have started Rojo anyway personally. You agree, Kane? Yeah, sucks for him, right? <laughs> that, that's the only way you can do it, right? Like, it, it would be the exact same thing. Let's say that, you know, randomly, let's say that, like, Leonard Fournette was hurt. Roles were reversed, right? Leonard Fournette was hurt. Tampa Bay was playing on a Monday night. 
But then Leonard Fournette is all of a sudden feeling better Sunday night, and he gets upgraded to active right before Monday's game. Does that mean you can retroactively put in someone in your lineup that played on Sunday? No. Like, that, that's not how it works. You just have to stick with what's in your lineup. There's no way that you can change things, especially knowing, especially when you already know the results. That's that's just not how it works. Yeah, and that was basically what I told him. Uh, I agree with both of you. That's what I ended up doing. I told him, you know, you already know what Rojo got. Um, there were still guys in play, and it, it it seemed to be more beneficial for him, actually, to have Rojo, which is obviously why he wanted to do it. It would have made it a lot closer. So I, I told him that, uh, that, that he could not have Rojo, and, yeah, basically it sucks. Things change, which is kind of what happened with the other issue I was going to bring up, um, which uh, – it was sort of similar, but kind of reversed. It was basically um, COVID backup situation. Mark Andrews was the starter. Backup was Logan Thomas, who played on Thursday. Again, didn't know COVID was going to come up um, for Mark Andrews. And basically, um, you know, would would they be able to um, get the... the uh, Logan Thomas points um, if the game wasn't canceled. So I guess you, it's ba- it's kind of the same thing, but would you? So I guess you basically agree you're just stuck with Mark Andrews. I mean, that's just kind of what we have to do in this COVID season. Once you do it, you have to um, – if the game's played, that, that's just what happens. If an, it's just like you said, like if an injury comes up, um, you're just basically stuck with that guy. It's the same thing with COVID. Right. Yeah, exactly the same. You know, there's just no way that you can retroactively – change things i know it sucks especially right now with all this COVID mm-hmm. stuff especially when it happens in week 12 you know two weeks before the playoffs. But, <laughs> but you know people would have been upset week two if it happened week two they would have been upset yeah. week three you know you have to keep the same rules that you've been playing with the whole time you don't get to make an exception just because you know we're right in front of the playoffs well and, right. and real quick it's just like in my my one of my leagues like we have kickers still i have justin tucker right and it got to that point where it's like, man, I I need points from at least a kicker to potentially win. He ended up, you know, only getting me two points, whatever. But I went to go pick up a kicker. But when I realized everything, waivers wouldn't have ran in time, so I was stuck with it, kind of thing. And I just kind of said, well, it is what it is. It ha- and plus, I'm the commissioner of the league, so how am I? You know, I can't go do something behind people's backs. But it's the same thing. I put him in the lineup. I had to deal with it. Now again, the game played. I ended up winning, thankfully. But it was just, it is what it is. You once they're there and things happen, it happens. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think uh, I put in my when I put up these you know message posts um, for the COVID backup players that if you know if for some reason there was an injury situation that came up in the meantime you couldn't get it for that. So it's basically the same with COVID anyway. And I'm going to try and make that or you know a guy being activated that you didn't expect to be because the game got delayed. So I think I might just you know if this happens next week I might do that just make that even more clear, you know, any changes after the fact, you know, you're not getting the backup player if the game's played, but it uh, makes a lot of sense. I agree with both of you and that, that that's what I ended up doing in both situations. So let's move on to our next segment, which is going uh, back to week 12 and dynasty strategy, dynasty strategy. The first thing we usually go over is injuries. There weren't any major injuries this week. Uh, the two guys I put on here were uh, Daniel Jones, strain hamstring, uh, it's been kind of mixed reports on whether he can play uh, this week or not. I think he actually did even come out to practice today. And the other guy was DJ Moore, who had an ankle injury. It looked a lot worse uh, when it happened. Uh, people were saying maybe an Achilles. 
But now they got the bye this week, so you don't have to worry about him playing this week, and then he might be back week 14. So I don't know if there's any long-term impact from both of these, but I did kind of just want to maybe just even just talk about these guys in general because they both have kind of not met expectations for a lot of people. Uh, so, Kane, where, where are you at with Daniel Jones? You know, we're, we're super flex-oriented podcast, so quarterback matters. So, so what, do you, what are you thinking on Daniel Jones in general going forward and, and maybe the rest of the season? Um, well, dynasty outlook, I think he's still the quarterback next year. Um, the idea that the Giants are taking a quarterback, I, it's just not going to happen this year. I think they're at least going to give Daniel Jones one more year, especially when he's actually really improved this season. Um, just the rest of the team hasn't improved with him. Um, I think overall, Daniel Jones is a pr- pretty solid quarterback. Um, he gives you an okay rushing floor. He's going to be a quarterback too for you as long as he's playing. Um, so you know, if you have him, you're probably going to start him because, you know, many teams aren't going to have two quarterback ones on the same team. If you do, like, that's awesome. That's great. Like, <laughs> if you happen to have, you know, like Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert or Justin Herbert and like Pat Mahomes, that's great. Like, you have a good team. Um, but like, you know, you're probably going to have to start Daniel Jones if he's playing. And the reality is that, you know, he's probably not going to play this week. Um you know, do the hamstring injury, but you know, as soon as he comes back, they're still playing for something, right? You know, they're still playing for the NFC East somehow. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> right? division leaders. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, they're playing for something. So the idea that they're not going to want Daniel Jones back as soon as possible um, is, is goofy. So they're, they want him back. So as soon as he comes back and is healthy, they're going to play him. Yeah, and he was a guy I was I, I liked coming into the year. Uh, I kind of expected the slow start early uh, because he, he had a really rough schedule to begin the year. Um, and I think kind of losing Saquon just changes that entire offense. So I, I'm almost giving him a mulligan for this year, basically. Uh, I mean, and their line's not great either. So I, I still kind of like Daniel Jones. I think he's a guy who's going to be on probably some of my team's uh, coming this offseason just because of the way I build my teams. I'm a guy who doesn't really pay up for quarterback or, or draft them highly in, in the super flex drafts often. So as uh, I think Stoops probably knows about me. So, um, so you know, I, overall, just it, I think it'd be really nice for Daniel Jones to have a wide receiver one. Um, I, I can't yeah, remember the last time they had one. It's like they traded one away recently. And like, I feel like that would have made their team better. Um, but, you know, when you're a young quarterback and you don't have like, stud like a stud talent instead you just have like a couple potato chips instead of like the whole bag of potato chips like it doesn't get it done you're still hungry right so it's like the idea that he's going to be able as a young guy be able to get it done with sterling Shepard and slayton and golden tate and evan ingram with a wayne gallman in the backfield and you think that he's going to put up elite fantasy production or just win football games like that idea is not going to happen. Like he needs a talent. So, you know, it will, it'd be interesting to see what they do in the draft because there's a lot of good wide receivers that could be a top wide receiver for their team. And let's just hope that they actually draft one. I was just going to make take a linebacker. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, knowing Gettleman, that's probably what will happen. But I've been, I've been saying for a while, I, I can almost, I, I definitely think they're going to, they're going to draft one of the, you know, with this great wide receiver class that's coming out next year, that they're going to get one of those guys. Um, and that'll probably help him a lot. I think he's a guy who's going to be undervalued because this is not going to be a great season. Um, it already hasn't been, and he's not going to do enough to boost him, boost people's opinion of him that much. Um, but 
I also wanted to talk about the other guy, DJ Moore. Uh, unless you had any Daniel Jones, uh, major Daniel Jones thoughts you wanted to get in there, Chris. No, okay. y'all said it. Y'all said okay. it. Um, DJ Moore, though, let, talk to me about him. I, I loved D, this year. Deontay Johnson was my guy. Last year, DJ Moore was my guy. So uh, I still have high hopes for DJ Moore. And it's not like he's bad. I, I think uh, it was on the, the late round QB podcast. Uh, JJ Zacharyson point out he's like seventh in the league in receiving yards. And he's got almost a thousand yard season at this point. Um, so he, I don't think he's built, played it. You know, is played as bad as people think at times, just because you know Robbie Anderson has been stealing some thunder, and Curtis Samuel has. But uh, but what what are your thoughts on DJ Moore? You still see him as a potential wide receiver one, Stoops? I do. I, I, I it's one of those where, and I'll I'll even say it in some of the leagues, he hasn't been talked up as much. I mean, a lot of what I you know Anderson Samuel, it's like kind of what what we've been hearing. So. As long as the injury is nothing, obviously too too severe, and um, he's able to come back, but it's it's one of those where I'm sticking with him. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry to the sense of like you know oh I got to move him I got to I got to find some other th- other pieces. I, I think you'll be all right. I, I wouldn't panic. I'd, I'd still be all right with him. Yeah, and if the injury does keep him out a few games, it sounds like he might even play in week fourteen. They got to yeah. buy this week, but uh, if it does, I, I like that maybe, especially as a buy low window. If especially if you're not a contender, a contender might want to get somebody who's going to score them points in the playoffs. Um, but any thoughts on on DJ Moore going forward, Kane? I just traded DJ Moore. As <laughs> so, um, so I traded DJ Moore in a rookie second for Travis Etienne. Um, which, you know, I'd be much happy with a better running back than like, so is that more you love AT, ATN or you, you are down on DJ more. So both, I think <laughs> ETN I think is the running back one in this class, but even if he's the running back two, like he's still going to go to a solid spot, right? A fast zone runner is always going to get drafted, right? Like right. especially one as good as he is, mm-hmm. right? And we're talking four, three speed. So, um, so it's it's partly Travis Etienne just being really, really good. And part of it is, you know, I think I think in fantasy football right now, and like this, I'm gonna paraphrase Scott Connor, one of my friends who was just on the Devi Marketplace podcast this past week as we were talking about game theory, especially with wide receivers, right? That there's only about nine like elite fantasy football wide receiver like players, right? That are like elite in fantasy production. And then the rest are like just guys, right? And like so, and, and yeah, I'm, in, I'm in a league with him, and he just he just made that same point. We were talking about a, a trade somebody brought up, and that's what he said. The exact same thing he said on your show is like wide receiver eight to forty are basically like the same guy, right? Yeah. So <laughs> if like if you're if the guy's not in that one to nine range, one to eight range, and you don't see the the place where he's going to get to that range, especially with DJ Moore battling Curtis Samuel, battling Robbie Anderson, who just signed a contract. Like the idea that he's all of a sudden going to become this target monster on top of his efficiency, probably is not going to happen. Like that's just not in the range of outcomes for DJ Moore. Uh, as much as I love DJ Moore, and I think he's a really great talent um, and air yards only count for so much, right? They account for zero fantasy points. So, like, if they did, Marquise Brown would be a wide receiver one. You know, so this this, this idea that, like, DJ Moore can, like, ascend to this level, I just don't see it. So, especially with the signing of of Robbie Anderson, when he can do the exact same thing that DJ Moore can, especially down the field. So, so, you know, I'm anytime I can move one of those guys, one of those wide receiver twos, like, I'm going to take that chance, especially if 
if I'm getting, you know, who's basically a top 12 dynasty running back coming in. So yeah, it, it, to me, that's a no brainer trade. I don't know why you wouldn't want to take ETN for DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Like in a super flex league, would you, it's basically, do you want DJ Moore? Or do you want the one Oh three? Yeah. And anywhere I can get ET and I'm, 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 I'm on board. Yeah. And I just, I'm on board. are you contending in that league? Okay, and you're still just because DJ Moore, you didn't think was given, you know, just because AT the value is so good, you're okay even with losing well, I, potential points. I have a surplus of wide receivers in this league too. So right, I have Keenan Allen, Robbie Anderson, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson. So I'm pretty much set, right? Especially when I already have guys like Wayne Gallman and Ronald Jones and James Robinson. Like I'm gonna start all three of those running backs because they're gonna be efficient. Um, so. You know, starting DJ, it would be, you know, am I making the choice between a DJ Moore or Allen Robinson? Like, I'm going to start Allen Robinson, so why wouldn't I just trade DJ Moore to a team that that might be competing a little bit and and then give me ETN on top? And in a Devi League, if you're just giving away a rookie second, um, that's basically like adding in whatever... Mm-hmm you know, Patriots tight end, they're going to draft in the sixth round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't mean anything. Um, so, you know, those are just kind of add like just salt Bay, right? Just a little bit of salt added to the end of that trade. So, you know, if that got it done, I'll take it. But ETN I think is, is the better talent, especially for fantasy football. And two thoughts came into my head as you were talking about that, that trade one is, and I meant to mention this either at the beginning or, or maybe I was going to do it at the end if I thought of it, but uh, I listened to that Devi Marketplace today, and and that was a fantastic show. I just want to tell everybody to go listen to that, because even if you're not uh, into Devi, uh, there was a lot on that show that was not Devi related, just a lot of game theory, a lot of dynasty theory, uh, and you guys did a lot of it just sort of using NFL examples. So even if you're not a Devi guy, go listen to that episode of the Devi Marketplace you guys put out today. Uh, I, I, I just want to tell you, I love that show, Kate. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we barely talked about Devi at all. In yeah, that it was not until like the end of the episode that you actually even got into Devi even a little yeah, bit. So the, the goal was... Right. The, the biggest thing that we try to do with Debbie, right. And, and Stoops knows this as well as I do that you're just trying to identify talents. Yep. Right? And the, the talents in Debbie only get you so far, right. They have to get drafted and they have to put, be put in an opportunity to succeed. But if we don't actually know where those opportunities are in the NFL, right. This idea that people are saying that there's 12 people that could use a quarterback, 12 teams that could use the quarterback. Well, that's not realistic. Right. So so trying to identify not only teams that are actually going to move on and also just identifying that more teams are OK with being mediocre because that makes money, mm-hmm. I think, is is one of the most important things that you can know for fantasy football. Like the Vikings have no intentions of moving forward from Kirk Cousins, like San Francisco is probably not going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, it's, it's these middling teams like Andy Dalton's going to find a job. Right. Like it's these it's these quarterbacks that are just mid like like we see Nick Foles have got has gotten two opportunities since leaving the Eagles, right? Like these weird opportunities for these like journeyman quarterbacks are going to happen. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to end up going somewhere, right? And he's not going to be on the Dolphins. He's going to end up playing a couple games. Like it, it's bonkers. <laughs> that, like, these teams are just willing to be mediocre, but that's the reality. And if we don't understand that reality, then there's no way that we can truly understand who to play in fantasy football and when to buy and when to sell. Yeah. 
So everybody, everybody, after you listen to this pod, go listen to Kane's uh, Debbie Marketplace pod <laughs> from this week. But um, and the other thing was just real quick was that um, ATN. Uh, I've heard that he actually may go in the. You guys think he'll go in the first round next year? Because I know that's kind of rare for running backs nowadays in the NFL draft. And obviously, not in rookie drafts. He's going to be a top rookie draft pick. I think so. I could see it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, just wondering. Okay, I think the yeah. speed is going to be too exciting. Yeah, um, and God, I would just love to see him. My my dream landing spot is either San Francisco or um, or Arizona. I think both of those landing spots. Right? Imagine him in Man. Arizona. Right? Like with no one in the box, you got five six people in the box, and you have a guy that's that fast. Touch the ball once and go. Right, like imagine, actually, <laughs> imagine an efficient running back actually yeah. in Arizona. Um, I think I think that would be great. It's clear that Chase Edmonds isn't taking the job, and they don't want him to be the lead back, or else they would have, you know, they would have given it to him when Kenyon Drake was hurt. Like, I don't know. Right? Yeah, I I hear you, and I just uh, yeah, I mean that boosts his stock even more that the first round draft capital. So that's why I was just curious what you guys thought on that. So you know, um, give me top fifty pick, and I'm fine. Yeah, I and I, I if it's first round, second round doesn't make a difference to me. And a lot of people, yeah, pointed that out this at this point, especially with running backs that draft capital, you almost have to treat a second round, especially if it's an early second round pick, mm-hmm. is right. it's almost like a first round pick, given the way that the league treats running backs nowadays. Exactly. Um, but the other major news, uh, non-injury uh, this week was Will Fuller getting suspended for PEDs. He finally uh, stayed healthy for most of the year. I, I don't know if the PEDs had something to do with yeah. it. A lot of people joked about. Um, but and was, uh, I think, wide receiver, depending on your score, I think he was like wide receiver seven or something like that after his big game this week. Um, so that's, that's, that's going to hurt a lot of people. Um, but what do you think um, this does uh, for the Texans? Uh, how, how much of a hit does, is it to Deshaun Watson? Uh, how much of a boost may it be or may not be for for Brandon Cooks? Uh, what do you think, Stoops? I mean, I think it's going to affect him. I, I mean, he loses, you know, Watson loses essentially his fav- one of his favorite targets, right? So I think it's going to affect him, but I think Watson's a good enough talent that He's going to be able to make plays still. He's going to be able to make, you know, uh, basically move the ball, essentially. But I think Cooks is going to benefit from it, obviously. He, he's talented. He's just kind of been – it seems like he's just been hit and miss almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's obviously going to get that opportunity. So he's shown he can produce. It's just a matter of uh, doing it now. But I, I think it is going to make an impact. But I, I think Watson's a good enough talent that that we'll see him still do his his part of it. But I I, I don't, you know. As far as the actual NFL aspect of it goes, I don't see them winning many games. Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agree with that. And uh, I, I do, I do like it for Cooks. I mean, he's got to get some more targets, and he's been he's been pretty solid ever since the Bill O'Brien firing. And mm-hmm. and I'm honest, the impact this isn't going to affect uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, you know, because but uh, what. Kane, what do you what do you think of uh, Fuller like going forward? He's, he's out the rest of the year. He's going to miss the first game last year. What what's his value at this point? Do you foresee him doing something like this going forward, or is this is this the best he was ever going to be? Um. Well, I think this is obviously his ceiling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Like to be the wide receiver seven is basically a ceiling for for most guys. For like my, this. Right. 
Um, but the the biggest thing that we have to point out, especially for Dynasty, is that Will Fuller's a free agent. Free agent, yeah. After this season, so knowing whoever's going to pick him up, right? Knowing that you know he's going to miss one game, uh, obviously that's not the biggest thing in the world, right? We've seen a ton of people get signed knowing that they have to miss games. Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown have been signed how many times? Right, like it's obvious. That's obviously not the biggest worry. Josh Gordon reinstated today, by the way. I know it's like (laughs) how many times? I know, like the Justin Blackman of the 2020s. Like (laughs) it's like oofta. Um, but but you know what I mean. It's like yeah, Will Fuller's gonna be efficient, but I think he's gonna be the most efficient on that team. And him going somewhere else, and he's not gonna be an an elite guy. And his his skills aren't going to be used to their fullest without a guy that can really move the ball deep down the field. Um, so like if, if you think he's all of a sudden going to fit in, you know, with like Jimmy Garoppolo, who has a lackluster arm, right. It's like, that's not going to happen. Kirk cousins isn't going to be throwing him the ball. Daniel Jones isn't going to be whipping it 50 yards down the field to Will Fuller. Like these guys that don't have the elite arm talent just aren't going to be able to do that. Um, so I think you, he he was made basically by being with uh, one of the best quarterbacks. So um, Deshaun Watson is going to be hurt without him. And Will Fuller is going to be hurt if he's not with the Texans next year. And I really think he just ends up being a trap. Um, you know, if he isn't with the Texans next year. Yeah, that's, I was going to say that I agree with you. I think is the best thing for Will Fuller um, is if he is if he does resign with the Texans, um, and, and it's probably good for Deshaun Watson as well. There's uh, I don't have the in, the numbers in front of me, but I know uh, I've heard before um, from other people the splits with Deshaun Watson with Will Fuller and without are really, really he's a lot better with Will Fuller in the lineup. Um, right. So uh, hopefully that's what happens. Um, given the uncertainty, w- would either of you? be looking to acquire Will Fuller at all, or you, would you be looking to sell him if you have him on your teams? I'm selling him. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the suspension, I think this is close to, to peak value. People are seeing what, you know, that game he just came off of too. Even with the suspension, if you're not contending, you can kind of sell that, you know, look at, you're getting the wide receiver seven. I'll be back next year. Um, kind of thing. Uh, I kind of agree with you both there. So, um, going to our next guy that we wanted to talk about, um, I guess kind of, a, you know, with Daniel Jones and DJ Moore, kind of the theme of this portion of the episode is, is some disappointments here because, uh, the next guy is Alvin Kamara, who's, who's not been a disappointment this season until the last couple games, uh, Drew Brees, uh, got hurt and Taysom Hill came in and Alvin Kamara turned to dust. Apparently <laughs> he's got three targets the last couple games. I think, uh, one catch. Um, for I think it's for negative two yards. Uh, I mean, is this what Alvin Kamara is without Drew Brees? Uh, is it? I, I'm actually surprised by this too because when he went out, I, I had said to some people I talked to that I thought I, I kind of thought it might even be at worst neutral, maybe even uptick that that Taysom would be going for safe throws to Alvin Kamara because I don't think he's a very good quarterback. So I, I'm surprised. Uh, there, I know there is a foot injury going on that's kind of been underplayed. I haven't heard people talk a lot about that. Kane, um, what do you think? Is it is it the injury? Is it Taysom? Well, I mean, I'm surprised they're not scheming more to get uh, – and Murray's had an uptick as well. So I think that, uh, that kind of could play into the injury thing. But what do you think? Um, so I think the biggest thing, if we're looking from a dynasty perspective, right, what we're going to do with Alvin Kamara, um, you have to answer two questions. And – 
if if they're both yes, well, then we might be in for a world of hurt. Um, the first is, does Sean Payton believe that he's the smartest man in the room? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> does he believe that he can win with Taysom Hill? I think, was that your show, by the way, that the, the, yeah. the, the, the smell your fart comparison? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, well, and, and, I'm sorry. What was the second question? I got caught the second up in the question, question. Do, you, does, do you believe that Peyton thinks he can win with Taysom Hill at quarterback? And yes. the answer is clearly yes. <laughs> right. So that, that puts us in such a predicament for Alvin Kamara moving forward in Dynasty. Right. It's like, is he actually going to get his value back? Or is, is Taysom Hill just a flash in the pan? Um, being at the st- starting quarterback. So um, I'm worried. Like, I'm very worried, especially not only for Alvin Kamara, but for Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, now both these guys are terrifying to own, and I own shares of a ton of both of them. Um, it's an awful time. Well, I mean, why would Peyton not want to get the ball to Kamara? I mean, is he just that obsessed with Taysom Hill running the ball that he that he, he doesn't care? I mean, I, I, that's why I don't understand. Like, why would he not be scheming? you know, a game plan that involves getting passes to Kamara. I don't know. You don't know either. (laughs) But I I think it goes back to the whole thing of like, does he think that he's the smartest man in the room? And, and, you know, usually when you think you're the smartest man in the room, you're not. Yeah. Um, And so he's, he's scheming things. I think at such a high level that like, he thinks that he's like, Oh, my scheme's so good. I'm just going to be able to run down their throat. And if I just have Taysom Hill repeatedly run the ball, well, then he can't throw an interception. Yeah. What, do you, um, what, what, what are your thoughts on the whole Kamara thing, Chris? Well, and I, I have him in, you know, my home league, uh, a couple other leagues even. And in my home league specifically, like currently, I'm not, it may change, but currently I have him on my bench. I'm lucky enough to have some other running backs that I can toss in and still feel comfortable enough to pull out a win. I'm the I'm the number one seed currently. If I lose, I could that could adjust. But currently, I I have him benched because I don't know what I'm gonna get. Now I have Chubb and Gibson in as my two my, my two starting running backs, so I feel comfortable with it. But obviously, I'd rather have Kamara, you know, as, as my starter. But given what we've seen the last two weeks, I just don't know what I'm gonna get out of him. So it, it is concerning, especially long term, because you know. It, I don't know. I, maybe I'm. Has it been confirmed? Is Breeze out for the rest of the year? Is there time for him to no, come back? They, yeah, okay. no. it's, so, he's on IR, so he's out at least another week. But after that, he could come back. But even then, so let's say he does come back this, you know, and then uh, Kamara carries you to a championship kind of thing later, whatever. But is Breeze going to retire at the end of the year? Like, is he going to finish next year? Like, what's his, you know, uh, career looking like? I mean, he's he's getting up there, obviously. I know um, if they're going to keep winning, he's. You know, they're going to keep giving him contracts. He'll stick around. But it's one of those where once Breeze is gone, what does that mean? So it's it's definitely concerning. Um, currently, like I said, I have him benched in a couple spots. But who knows? Come game time, I'll probably get cold and I'll probably put him back in. But, you know, it's concerning for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely concerning. And uh, it's hard to believe he doesn't bounce back to some, to some extent. I mean, he's been, I think, in single digits uh, definitely last week. I, I think maybe mm-hmm. the week before that as well um, in fantasy points. And I just can't see that continuing going forward. Um, but it's definitely concerning this whole Taysom Hill thing. And he is signed. Uh, what is, I think it's like a two year, 21 million contract that goes through next year. So uh, I kind of think if Breeze retires, like like Kane alluded to, Peyton's going to go on. Taysom Hill's my starter. <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll see how that goes the rest of the season. Maybe we'll start to see an uptick. 
but uh, I don't know that I could I could bench him on on any teams I have him on. Unfortunately, I'm not as loaded as you, Stoops, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I definitely have some worries too. And then probably the most disappointing guy we're going to talk about here, at least from a real life NFL's perspective, is uh, one of my own Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, and I, I put on here, you know, double WTF. What are we What are we doing with with Carson Wentz and Dynasty? I saw this. Uh, Amazing stat um, on Twitter. I think it came from ESPN Stats and Info, where he, he's only the sixth QB since 1950. Have, it's kind of a convoluted stat, but to have his passer rating drop by 24 points from his combined passer rating from the previous three seasons. So it just speaks to how much, how bizarre this is that he he had been playing so well. I think the 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 the, the previous passer rating was 98.3 for the, the previous three seasons. Uh, he's the only guy under 32. So this is almost under pre- unprecedented to see a guy his age because all these other guys for the previous five, this happened to retired the season that it happened. <laughs> so uh, basically all the other guys you ever seen fall off this way were basically due to, to getting old and declining. Uh, I, I just think it's so bizarre as an Eagles fan. To, I, I don't know what's happened to him. Uh, he actually has not been totally awful from a fantasy perspective. He's a, uh, depending on your scoring, he's a high end QB two, low end QB one. Um, but, but w- what what do you think is is the problem with Carson Wentz? Is it just the line? Is it is it him? Is it is it the weapons? What what do you think, Kane? Is it all of the above? I think it's everything. Uh, <laughs> but but you know when we're just looking at it from a dynasty perspective, it you know it doesn't really matter how good the team is. Um, it just matters how many fantasy points that he's going to put up. And let's be real. Like, he's going to be the starter next year. This idea that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter, like, that's just not the case. Look at the contract that that he has. No one's going to trade for that contract. And if all. he gets... No one's going to trade for Carson Wentz after what he's done this season. Like, right. no one's going to be even like, even if oh, he gets traded, traded, I've heard people mention that, that if he gets cut, the cap hit. Even if he gets traded, I think the cap hits like $30 million. If he gets cut, it's even more. Yeah, so it's it's like fifty something if he gets Dead cut. Cap, yeah, yeah. So it's like he's not going anywhere. Jalen hurts through w- one or two passes on Monday. Like, let's settle down. Like, he's not the history of the, or you know, he's not the future of the franchise. I think Carson Wentz is hopefully going to take a step forward next year. Um, let's be real; the play calling hasn't been tremendous either. Oh, I agree with that. <laughs> I watch been, every been, game, every play. So. <laughs> it's been just a mess, like all around. And I think, I think one of the one of the biggest things that hurts that hurts him is like there isn't a deep field threat on that team. And we thought that Rager was going to be it, but I don't know what Rager's doing this season. Like Rocky, you're you're an Eagles fan, and I think you can basically say that you know when he's been on the field, Rager has been a disappointment as a first round pick. Oh yeah, he's, he's getting, getting all those double game. He had a fifty-five yard catch. He has not done much since. <laughs> yeah, and and you know he's the, the I can go on and on about you know Rager being disappointing, <laughs> but I think overall, like that's just hurting Carson Wentz. And I think he might be a little bit better having Zach Ertz back this week, right? If we have Zach Ertz and Goddard, um, that basically any wide receiver you ever wanted to play for the Eagles from now until the end of the season, you shouldn't. <laughs> um, just you know, just going to feed the tight ends and work everything through the middle of the field. Like that's just what they're going to do. Um, but I think the most encouraging sign is that Carson Wentz was running more. 
I think if we're going to take anything forward as a pro, I think Carson Wentz being willing to run, um, I think is probably the best news that we can ever get as a fantasy player, right? Like when he's running, that's exciting. That's more fantasy points. And he's good at it. Like he was good in college. um, And I think they kind of shied away of that, especially after his his, uh, knee injury. Um, But I think if they're getting back to that and getting back to where he's comfortable, um, that's good. Just going to put defenses on their toes and it should open up a little more space for him. Um, especially if those linebackers want to come forward a little more and with two good tight ends, you're going to be able to hit that middle of the field, that 10 to 15 yard range. And he's going to be able to pepper in those targets. So hopefully he continues to improve. Um, if not, it's going to be a rough time to be an Eagles fan. Yeah, it is. It's already a rough time to be Eagles fan. And uh yeah, uh, we're pretty much already at the point we were we were glad for the Seattle loss that knocked them out of first place. I think it moved them up about 15 spots in the draft, not being the division leaders. Mm-hmm. Um but uh Chris, uh, do you look at this is is Carson somebody you might be willing to buy low then or are you just do you just not want any part of that? No, for me, I will. I mean, when we look at it from a fantasy aspect, he's still scoring points, right? It's still like, because I have him in my home league. Now he's my bench guy, which again, sounds great. That's a whole different roster. I I, I need to kind of get away from that one because I've shown you in the, in our, our trade yeah. addicts that that team is just on a different level, but, <laughs> but it's still one of those where, where Carson wins. He's, he's putting up fantasy points. You know, for me, it's like, I would love to have him on my roster. Yes. It is frustrating to watch him through three quarters, be at 6.7 points, but he finishes with 25. Somehow, when you know what I mean. Hail Mary to Richard Rodgers. Yeah. At the end of the game. <laughs> so it's what it's. However, it comes about from a fantasy aspect. Like I'm all over it now as an NFL fan. Like it's it's just like what what's happened. What's it's just frustrating to watch, and I can only imagine how you feel yeah. watching the games. But fantasy wise, I, I would love to have him on my team. Um, yes, it's still like I said, frustrating to deal with it for two to three quarters, and then it comes. But no, I, I'm I'm buying him. Um, and you know, there's going to be those owners out there that that are wanting to get rid of him. They're wanting to move him, so you can buy him low, um, for as low as you can buy a quarterback in a super flex league. That right. is for sure. But yeah, I, I would 100, percent you know, be willing to buy him right now. Just yeah. wait. Just wait for the first thing that comes out saying that Jalen Hurts is going to get more time. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, even. Last week there was talk that he was getting first team snaps, but then he then he only played I think like three snaps the whole game. So yeah, and it's this idea that it's like, oh, Carson Wentz is only going to have a couple drives to show what he can do. It's like, no, your sources are wrong. Like they're going to yeah. riding him um, because they know that Jalen Hurts really isn't an NFL caliber quarterback. Um, he's exciting, but he's not an NFL caliber quarterback. So like Stoop said, like you're buying at the cheapest that you can buy a guy. The only issue for me buying those, he's already on all my teams. So I can't like buy him. Anywhere. <laughs> like, and he's certainly not worth selling. So it's like, cool. I'm right. Hold on some more players. Like, what do, you, do you think you can get him for a single first at this point? Yes. Late first. No, I think it has to be a mid first. First. Okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I, I definitely think you, I don't think anybody could expect to get more than a first the way he's playing. And to your point, Chris, to, from a fantasy perspective, he's almost like uh, like Blake Bortles esque at this point <laughs> where it's, it's, it's not fun to watch, but he mm-hmm. gets you points once the game's over. Um, Blake Bortles brought you probably brought you to a championship if you drafted. Right. Him. 
yeah. that one year, right? Like he was very effective over the last like six games of the season. And, you know, sometimes it's all it takes. And and to what I said earlier about Daniel Jones, I think once I, I have my fair amount of shares of once to uh, Kane, but I think he's a guy I might be picking up some in the off season too. I like to get guys as, as cheap as I can. Um, and I, I definitely think next year uh, it, it, it could go upwards depending on how things go there. Let's, but, let's be real. Just going back to the previous conversation, right? It's like, if I can trade anyone that's not an elite wide receiver, that, or what I deem elite, right, from a target ef- efficiency standpoint, like, I'll easily trade that for Carson Wentz because right. the, the value is just there, right? If you're just trading just another guy at the wide receiver position, like, as much as I love some of the guys, right, as much as I love Deontay Johnson, as much as I love, you know, like the Chase Claypools and the DJ Moores and Robbie Andersons, all those guys, like, I would trade them in a heartbeat if I got a starting quarterback. Yeah, I, I can I can hear that. I I definitely think you could you could do something like that. Um, okay, so I have a, I had a couple questions for you guys as well. Um, kind of because uh, you're both Debbie guys. Kind of some stuff about next year's class. Um, so well, actually, the first question I had for you uh, that that we have on the show she here is um, from how long do you guys continue to hold on to to your to your takes on guys, your belief in guys from what you've seen in college when they haven't hit as expected in year one, like to your point, what you said earlier about uh, Jalen Rager would be one of them. Uh, even maybe Jonathan Taylor to an extent hasn't been exactly what we thought he'd been. He'd be, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, different guys like that, that, that we haven't seen. Brian Edwards would might be another one that a lot of people were high on that we've seen next to nothing from. So, so h- how do you kind of, judge that and how how long do you still keep holding that belief like like last year everybody was pretty high on Nikhil Harry and I, he's kind of dead to the fantasy community is so guys like that like how long do you hold on and how, are you looking to are you looking to buy every underperforming wide receiver that you you had rated as a first or early second rounder or Kane what do you think um so I think it's a pretty fine line um I think if we look at right the biggest thing for quarter or for wide receivers is opportunity. Um, You know, are they going to have the opportunity to do things right? Not everyone is going to be willful or efficient, right? Not everyone's going for seven for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Like that's just, that's just not realistic. Um, So I think the most important thing is, is if are they going to have the opportunity and, you know, I'm probably going to be willing to buy them if they do have that opportunity, or at least I can see a clear path to that opportunity. So getting um, specifics like Rager would seem to have the opportunity going in the next year as well. Would he be somebody you'd be looking to buy this off season if he continues to perform the way he has? No. <laughs> because he's never improved. You, you weren't high on in the, in the draft process or um, he was, I think a tier two guy for me, like he just never improved. Right. And, that's that's another part of it. Like if the guy isn't improving on some of the things that he wasn't doing poorly in college, like if we look at Rager as an example, right? Like Stoops knows as well as I do that he wasn't a good route runner. Like he was never going to be like this great route runner. Um, and he's not going to be a Rondale Moore in the open field. So what can you actually do to get, you know, to get Rager to be efficient? Um, he's going to be, he basically is going to have to do well against press coverage, which is not something that he did well in college. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so this idea that the Jalen Rager is all of a sudden going to improve just drastically, I think is, is really, really wild to me, right? Like if, if you're not going to run good routes in the NFL, like as much as people want to say that route running doesn't matter, like route running matters on certain teams, like DK Metcalf, still a bad route runner, but it works on the team that he's on, right? Because it works in their system. Philadelphia is a lot of like quick routes, um, not a lot of time for those routes to develop. And so you have to be a good route runner to do that. And that's not something that Jalen Rager excels at. And I think they were wanting him to kind of be more of this like open field, just crazy athlete. Um, and he's just not. So I think that's one guy that I'm not willing to buy, but you know, I'm, I'm going to buy T Higgins, Michael Pittman. I'm going to buy Brian Edwards just because he's been hurt. Um, and just the hope that he's going to improve. Um, and mainly the, the thing that we need to know with all Raiders wide receivers is that they have to be super efficient with their touches um, because Darren Waller is going to get just a crazy amount of targets and he's extremely inefficient. He's one of the most inefficient tight ends in fantasy football. Um, but, but you know, the target share is there. So, so that's sometimes you know, a godsend is just like Keenan Allen right at the wide receiver position, Jamison Crowder, like super inefficient guys. But when when the targets are there, that's all that matters. So when when we're looking at trying to like evaluate some of these guys, right, it's like, well, have they improved and did they have the chance to improve? Um, so, you know, a, a textbook example is Paris Campbell, um, a guy that came in that people were super high on for the Colts, right, gets hurt his first year, has starts to have a good game, gets hurt second year. And it's like, well, now what do we do? And like, and and what what does that outlook look like? Right? Will he ever be, you know, one of those elite wide receivers? No, Paris Campbell's not going to do that. So anytime you can sell him for another guy in his tier plus something, if someone's excited about him, I think that's the move that you have to make and just keep building your team. Um, you know, and it, it's pretty cliche to say, but like, it's all about the offers that you get. Mm-hmm. you know, if, if I can get, whether it's like moving up a spot or two in a rookie draft by adding Nikhil Harry, I'll take it. You know, if it's, if I have Nikhil Harry and like the one Oh four and it, and I can move up to the one Oh three, well then that's worth it to me. Oh, and I, I, for me, I think a lot of it is, and it may be kind of a, a cop-out answer, but how deep are your rosters? Are you able to roster a lot of guys, or is it more a little bit more shallow? And kind of what does your situation look like? Are you contending? Are you not contending? Because it's one of those where if you have a Rager and you're contending, but you can move Rager plus whatever, whatever, make a deal to get something that helps you make that push, move him, right? But if you have a, I'm sorry, if you have deeper rosters kind of thing, I would hold him for that opportunity. So again, it may be a kind of a cop-out answer, but I'm willing to hold a little bit longer if I have the room, right? Yeah, I'm just I'm just so used to having those like 35, 40. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the new thing now, right? It's like, oh, let's hold on to him forever from from uh, draft till death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's kind of where we're at. But you know, I'm with I'm with stoops. It really depends on your roster. If if you only have 24 roster spots, I'm not holding out for any of these guys. And I'm, I want them to clog someone else's roster. Yeah. And there's a guy, I mean, I was, you know, Antonio Gandy Golden, I know he has done literally 
nothing this year. And then he, you know, got hurt and he's been out, whatever. But he's a guy that I personally would be holding on to until I just see the opportunity and he's just not doing anything, then I'll move on from it. But there's certain guys out there that, yeah, I'm going to be much higher on. I'm willing to hold on to for longer. Um, even if I have a shallower lot, uh, shallower roster, right. I'll hold on to them. But those guys are kind of few and far between a lot of it for me just kind of comes down to what does my roster look like? Can I afford to keep them on my roster or not? Yeah. Tyler yeah. Johnson will never be dropped. Yeah. <laughs> you can't convince me to drop TJ. I also just got a signed Jersey in the mail. So it's really hard for me to <laughs> nice. drop that bad boy. <laughs> And just to go with something you said earlier, Kane, your your regular comments are hurting me to my soul because <laughs> we we drafted Jay Jaw over over DK Metcalf and Rager over Justin Jefferson, and I'm just dying inside a little bit every week. <laughs> Sign Alshon Jeffrey to a huge contract instead of drafting one. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, the Eagles don't seem to be clueless at wide receiver for for all eternity, but um. One other thing, another thing I wanted to ask you guys is just kind of um, for the listeners out there, your thoughts on this 21 class. A lot of talk out there. Um, it's at least as good as just 2020, if not better. I know um, from what I'm hearing, you guys probably know better than me. The running backs, not as good, but everywhere else maybe is. Um, so is, is it as good as 2020? Is it as deep as 2020? Uh, what do you guys think? Stoops, you want to start? I'll clean it up. Well, so for me, I, I think uh, kind of like you said, at running backs, I, I think, I mean, you've got ETN, you've got Harris. And for me, you've got Gainwell. I know not everyone is kind of on that, that, that train right there. But outside of that, I'm uh, Dobbin, Swift, Taylor, Cl- Clyde, um, to me, those four, um, outside of the ETN Harris range, I, I think those four obviously trump the other ones. But um, for me, the receivers, I, I love the receivers are going to be coming out. I mean, Bateman, Chase, Waddle, Moore. Um, even St. Brown, Marshall, the list just goes on and on for me. And then obviously Trevor Lawrence has been talked to be what the number one pick for the past three years, since four years, since his senior year of high school, people were even saying like he could be the number one overall pick. So I I think the quarterbacks, um, albeit may not be as deep, I think have the potential to be a a little bit better. Um, I mean, you got Lawrence Fields. I'm obviously, as, as you followed me on Twitter, a huge Kyle Trask fan. Probably the biggest Kyle Trask fan out there. I talk about him probably every week. It's like Ricky, my co-host, he was all Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, which that panned out for a little while, unfortunately, the injury. But Kyle Trask, I think, is going to do big things. But um, for me, the the biggest difference is tight ends. I mean, the tight ends that that are going to be in this class compared to last year, I think, are light years different. I mean, Kyle Pitts, Brevin Jordan. Friar, Friar Muth, you know, I mean, Kolarg, Ferguson, Keithy, like to me, the tight ends are just on a whole different level. So I would say that this 21 class, I actually, it, it's funny. We do this probably, at least I do it probably every year where it's like, this is the class, right? This class is way better than previous class. I think they're very similar though. I think they're very similar. It's just certain pieces you're going to rank above others, but man, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see kind of where these guys land. Um, and even outside of that talent, I think is it's there. It's definitely there. Yeah. I think the quarterback quantity is higher. Yeah. You're right. We're talking potential six quarterbacks probably going to be drafted within the first two days. Um, as much as I love Kyle Trask and, you know, I love Kyle Trask. I think first round pick is hard to see with him right now. Um, I think, you know, if he has a 
goes to the senior bowl, does really, really well. There's a great chance, right? We saw Carson Wentz just come from nowhere, mm-hmm. right? And all of a sudden be the number two pick. So yeah, there's, there's obviously a real, realistic possibility that, that Trask ends up being in the first round, but I think he ends up being around two guy, which that's fine. Yeah. Like it's still going to start like not a big deal at all. Um, but like you said, running backs, I think is weaker in quantity. I think the skill is relatively similar, um, but the quantity is just different. And mm-hmm. if you want to add guys like Javante Williams from UNC, um, you know, you you can do that. Um, Javian Hawkins might be a sleeper that yeah. comes out of nowhere. You know, I love Javian Hawkins. He's my boy. Um, I was just talking to him the other day. Um, so yeah, it's like the wide receiver class is going to be fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm known as a tight end hater when it comes to Debbie tight ends and rookie tight end. Um, so I might as well just keep that going now. Yes. I realize that we're supposed to have three good tight ends. That doesn't mean that you should overdraft them in rookie drafts. The idea that you need to spend a back of the first round pick in a super flex league on Kyle Pitts is bonkers. The the idea really that he's going to have a better season or even as quality of a season as Evan Ingram did his rookie year um, is difficult to see, right? There's a reason why we said Evan Ingram is the outlier. To expect someone to have that good of a season, I think, is a little far-fetched. So why wouldn't you want to do what we all did with TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant? Wait a year, buy him when people are disappointed. Mm-hmm. It It's a really easy move to make. You know, it's like, so why do that with some of these tight ends? I know Kyle Pitts is probably going to be drafted, uh, you know, probably within the top 25 picks. But that doesn't mean that, right, we have to spend first round rookie capital. Like the I like the only reason why you would draft him is if you truly believe, right, that he is the next Kelsey. Mm -hmm. And for anyone to become the most like you know, the top tight end, like that's difficult to see. There's a reason why we only have one tight end one. Like he's the tight end one, right? It it just doesn't happen. Um, uh, about Pitts, um, since you brought him up, uh, you know, I, I don't know this stuff as well as you guys do, but I I listen to a lot of, you know, guys like you and other people, Ray, Ray GQ, um, and I basically heard that Pitts is a monster. So is he a better prospect than, than say Hawk was coming out or about the same, not quite as good. I uh, just, because I'm wondering, because too, I know what you're saying and I get what you're saying about not getting tight, you know, drafting tight ends. Um, but I, I kind of think Hawk held first round value through his rookie year into this year. I don't think anybody was selling him for less than a first and you would have had to draft him with a first. So I'm just curious where he compares to to Hawkinson. What do you, what do you, either of you guys think, Chris Kane? Well, I think that uh, Pitts is a better receiver than Hawkinson, um, but Hawkinson is a three down tight end, and Pitts isn't. Okay, Pitts is not a blocker. Yeah, you can say like, oh, he played in line, but how many times did he run routes out of that, or did they run to the other side? Right, like so the idea that he's an inline guy is not realistic. Um, and we've seen guys that we thought were going to be, you know, super athletic in or like, you know, outside tight ends, Mike Kosicki, right. We thought Mike Kosicki was just going to be all the rage. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting for that. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be super 
is is going to be you know towards the upper echelon of athleticism for tight ends, but that doesn't mean he's super athletic. Like he's going to run like a high four six, low four seven, which is exactly what Hawk ran. Like he's not going to be too much different than Hawkins, and he just has a bigger catch radius. Um, and you know, Florida actually just threw the ball where Iowa didn't. Right. Yeah, and Pitts is obviously from what I from watching the Florida games, Pitts is Trask's favorite target. I mean, rightfully so. Like, but who else is there? Kadarius, right? right? Like, there's there's nothing else. So yeah, he should be getting that many targets because that's the only way they're going to win games. That's why they didn't beat A and M. I'm just saying <laughs> they didn't get so, Pitts. He got hurt in the game a little bit, so that helped. That didn't help, but you know. So so is Pitts more that big wide receiver type then than than a true. True tight end is what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. And, I th- and I think if you're drafting him just for pure upside, like, okay. But, you know, how high do you think that upside truly is, I think, is the biggest conversation, especially when with tight ends. I just had this conversation this morning with some people on Twitter. It's like the idea that we can say that a tight end is going to be elite without knowing landing spot when tight ends are super landing spot dependent. Um, I think that's an issue. Like wide receivers were not as worried about landing spot anymore, right? Because the good players always find the field. But with tight ends, that's not the same case. And speaking of the wide receiver, because I know, you know, you guys have mentioned this is a a great wide receiver class. And I I think this was kind of brought up by uh, Scott Connor on on your Debbie Marketplace episode. Are, Are you guys worried at all that there's sort of this as he alluded to the saturation point of wide receiver and where did they all go? And, and, and <laughs> we've already had even these last, even last year, it wasn't expected to be a great class, but we've seen a lot of great wide receivers come out of it now. Um, I, I mean, how can all these guys keep producing when, when we keep getting really good guys coming in and taking spots? Well, and one thing that I, we always say, so whenever they're eligible, obviously we're calling them a 2021 class, but how many of them go back, right? Mm -hmm. I think this year might be a little different because of COVID situations. They're probably thinking, well, I want to make as much money as I can as quick as I can. So they go pro. And seniors can stay another year. So it's just, we have all these guys that we're saying, man, they're going to, they're going to be the next guy. They're coming out. They may not. So it's one of those where it looks deep and it looks uh, awesome right now. But I, I would be willing to bet probably half, if not more, of these guys that we're talking about don't declare. They come back. Right. They play again, right? So right now it looks like it could create that. And over time, obviously, it's still going to because they're going to end up now they're just with a different group and it just continues to roll over. But because with for, I know we're talking receivers, but like with ETN, we all thought he was coming out. I was out. just going to say that. We all thought he was coming out. And then he said uh, he's going Juba back. was eligible last yeah. year to come out too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he went back. So it's just one of those where we expect all these guys to come out, but who's to say they really are. And, and that, that hurt him too, right? That, I mean, that's what I've heard that, that Hubbard is, is not nearly highly as highly regarded as he was. If he would have came out last year, he's played like Dookie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barely even been the best running back on his own team. It's crazy. Yeah. His vision has, I don't know if he, you know, we all know, that when you like randomly cross your eyes, your mom says it's going to stay like that. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's what happened to him. That his eyes just got stuck like that. And he just doesn't even know where the hole is anymore. 
but like it's been a rough season for him mm-hmm. and he has literally done himself negative favors yeah. like he <laughs> zero favors like negative favors he's lost stock i think more than just about any other you know fantasy relevant position player this year well, and I saw the tweet, and it might have actually been an interaction w- with you where one of the guys was like, he has poor vision. He ran for 2,000 yards. And it's like, well, yeah, if the hole is wide open, he's got speed through it and he's gone. Yeah, right? that that's a, different. That's point. You're, you're yeah. talking about a guy that's running high four twos. Yeah. Like, yes, normally, right? If it, we're also talking Big 12 defenses. Exactly. Um, you know, if, if you're just going to open up a hole and just let him run through it, like he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. But the issue is like, he runs into the back of his line very often. Like, and it's like Trent Richardson second year. It's like, it's actually Trent Richardson is basically his confidence <laughs> point, right? <laughs> Trent Richardson, very good. Second year, very bad. 2019 Chuba, very good. 2020 Chuba. Ugh. <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at now. Yeah, and one more uh, question for you on this class for you two guys. Um, we've talked on this podcast recently about trading, and uh, most of it's been from the view of a contender. But I wanted to ask you for for the rebuilders out there, like when you're, they're obviously looking for picks a lot of the time. How how would you break down like? the first round at least at this point right now like where are the tiers like is uh, you know I, I in superplex obviously i think probably the top four maybe is a tier with the two quarterbacks uh fields and lawrence uh atn and maybe chase uh, maybe you can tell me maybe i'm wrong um Stoops, what do you think well man that's because t- i mean i think harris Najee harris can be thrown into that that area and obviously waddle um, I know he's going through his, his injury, assuming he even comes out, you know, for the 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 draft next year. But like because of his speed, I, I think a lot of t- he's going to get taken higher in that sense. So therefore, come rookie drafts, I think he might, you know, be a higher pick to it. So if if guys come out as we expect, I would almost go as far as even if you have like a top six pick, I think that's almost a tier one um, range just based on who it, who could be there. Um, but most I would have to think would probably be four. You know, it's just kind of the tier one. It just holds a different value, right? It's just so high elite, you know, that, that you want to have it a smaller group as opposed to just widen it open. But for me, I would almost say six. That's kind of where I would probably have that cut off. And that might be a little bit large, but that's where I would say your tier one kind of starts to, to, to end, I guess. What do you think? Can you agree with that? No. Because I can't. <laughs> I think my tier one is just two guys. Yeah, just the, the two quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah, I think they're so far and away just incredible talents, and that talents that are going to be around for ten years. It's true, right? Like, so when if you have a top two pick in superflex leagues, you're basically locking in like a top twelve quarterback in fantasy for like ten years, like two contracts, which. You know, we normally think on like a three-year span, but, you know, look back. Like, if you have a team that has Mahomes and Mahomes just signed this 10-year contract, how confident do you feel in your quarterback spot with Mahomes? You have might have Mahomes and a scrub, but you have Mahomes, right? Like, Mahomes is going to make up for that positional difference. Yeah, I've like mentioned in this podcast, uh, you know, my, my aversion to paying up for quarterbacks, but... Mahomes to me is the exception to the rule because <laughs> of what you just said. 
Yeah, we're talking a 10-year contract. So, you know, if if we're assuming that, right, Fields and Lawrence has, are as good as we think they are and that they're going to get second contracts pretty quickly, right, that they're they're far and away. And I think then it's four guys in that second tier for me, which is um, the two running backs and then two more quarterbacks with Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. And then the rest are all wide receivers with maybe, you know, and I think the fun part is, especially when you love Trask, like Stoops and I do, like you can get Trask at like the 202. Easy, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be like, you remember when you took Drew Locke at the 212 in the Superflex League because no one wanted him because he went in the second <laughs> round? Like it's going to be the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, but there's so many other good quarterbacks, like no way that Trask can fit in. It's like, okay. <laughs> So I think the rest are just basically all like, you know, wide receivers for me. And then just a little bit of running back quarterback kind of sprinkled in. I'll never draft a tight end. So. So after that, the second tier in the, in the top six, it's basically kind of a big tier for the rest of the first round. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like, yeah, th- I have some wide receivers that are higher than others, right? Like when we're talking Rashad Bateman, Jamar Chase, Rondell Moore, I think are better than the rest. Um, and if you want to put them in a tier by themselves, that's fine. Um, but I think we're realistically talking six, seven first round wide receivers this year. Um, you know, you have those three, you have Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, potentially Chris Olave, Terrence Marshall. Like that's a lot of talent coming in. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how all that shakes out, but right. Tight ends are going to be, or excuse me, wide receivers are going to be super exciting from the end of the first round, all the way through like the middle of the second, exactly like it was this past year, except just less running back talent. Right. So, so yeah, another very good draft. Um, good talk. Good, good, good talk about the next year's class. I think that'll help our listeners out there, but we're going to get into our find me a trade portion of the show now. Find me a trade. Uh, this week it was submitted by Andrew at Book of Andrew on Twitter. It's a 12 team, uh, one QB PPR, no tight end premium. So, pretty basic league from that, from the offensive perspective. It's 30 man rosters. They do have IDP. So, they start 15. Eight of them are IDP. So, only seven offensive starters, eight IDP spots. The offensive starter and and one of the offensive starters is a kicker. So it's QB two, or I'm sorry, eight offensive, uh, QB, two B, two RBs, three by receivers, a tight end, and a kicker. So I guess that's eight. Um, and he's currently at six and five and the sixth seed in the playoffs, though he's second in points. So he, he let us know he's pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot. But if he wins, um, he could become the two seed, depending on other, other stuff that happens in the league. And he's looking for something to take him over the top. So, uh, I'll go over his roster real quick, and then we'll get into the trades. He's at quarterback. He's got Mahomes uh, in one QB, so he's pretty much fine. He's also got Taysom Hill. Uh, he's got Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis. He, he he seems to be big on handcuffing. He's got McCaffrey and Davis, Singletary and Moss, Connor and Snell, uh, David Johnson on IR, and he's got Robbie Anderson at wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, A.J. Brown, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, and Jerry Judy and Brian Edwards and Gabriel Davis. Um, and he just lost Fuller, he mentioned to us. And then uh, at tight end, he's got Mark Andrews, who, who's got the you know the COVID thing going on right now, but should be back soon. Robert Tunyon and Johnny Smith. 
Um, so he's got a pretty solid roster overall. Uh, Chris, you you came up with a pretty interesting trade. Mm-hmm. So why, why don't why don't we start with you? Yeah. So mine will probably be the least popular, just given the name and then the other part. So I put down trade McCaffrey and a 2021 first. He's got three total. He's got three firsts in total. So trade McCaffrey and a 2021st for Antonio Gibson and Justin Jefferson. He's kind of hurting at the running back position, and he's got some receivers mixed in there. So I think having Gibson and Jefferson for points production this year, I think would help push him, um, you know, to the, to that championship run, and even obviously give him a win this week, um, hopefully. And then if the other guys lose, then he gets you know that second seed that he's looking for. But with McCaffrey being on a a, a bye you know, this week. And then obviously Davis is as well, but um, I think having Gibson pushed in there, that's going to obviously fill in that starting position for the running back. So I think, I don't think it, it's tough to get that done. I, I don't, I don't know if he would even be willing to give up McCaffrey and a first. I know it's, it, you've already got McCaffrey, but for me, uh, if I'm making that push, like he wants to, wants to get that, you know, the win this week to, to potentially move himself up even more on the ranking. So he can, I think he said he gets it, what a first round buy or something. So if he's, yeah, if he gets the right deed or whatever, then he wins this week. He can get yeah. by. Yeah. So I think that would help if you get that first round by that's always big, obviously. And then give the push this, you know, for the rest of the season. And you're still holding on to two first rounders for next year, which helps you in the future, but not a popular one. I'm sure. But for me, it just, you know, I actually traded away McCaffrey in my home league. Um, I know most people probably aren't trading him away, but I actually traded him away and I got some good pieces in return. But to me, it's it's the value I think is still there, right? I, I think people will still, still you know, pay for him. Um, and honestly, the team that he'd be trading McCaffrey to um, is sitting at two and 10 right now. Um, and that this other first would give that guy two firsts. Um, so that would help in the other guys. He still has his first, I believe. So it would help him be early on. So I think it helps both teams personally, but it really kind of helps the beards um, to to make that push this year. So that's kind of why I went that route again. Probably not a popular one, but that was my thought behind it. I I have my thoughts, but uh, I'll let Kane <laughs> chime in first if he has anything to say. Yeah. Oh, about that trade? I yeah. wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I the I don't think you need to add the first. Um, so sure. here, here's the main reason why I wouldn't do that trade, um, because we're looking at really really shallow starters on the offensive side, um, and when they're super shallow starters, I want as many studs as possible. Um, it, yeah, it's great to get like multiple pieces for for Christian McCaffrey, um, but the positional upside that Christian McCaffrey has. I think is is just outweighing just the risk of trading him. I would much rather just kind of trade a smaller piece for a running back and just hope that we can get through this season rather than kind of moving my big chip right now. Yeah, that that's kind of where I kind of agree with you there with the, with the shallow starters. Um, so I guess Chris is right. It's it's. It's not the most popular trade, but um, like you said, I, I and I kind of wouldn't want to throw in the first, even with uh, what he's got. I mean, I, I do like Jefferson a lot um, and Gibson we talked about earlier, um, but and I definitely get the idea of trying to give him something that will get him points now, especially this week to help him get that by. Um, I just think it's a little too much to give up. But uh, Kane, you want to get into yours and then we'll finish up with mine? 
Yeah, so I changed mine. I know. Uh, I just that. saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so one of my guys that I've probably bought more this year than I've really ever bought, especially on contending teams, is Raheem Mostert. Um, I've traded a, a lot of things for Raheem Mostert this year. I think right now you can probably get it done for a second-round pick, um, especially to this team that has multiple running backs, and you're only starting two. So, you know, when you have three or four good running backs, you should probably be trading one. So if you can do Raheem Mostert for a second-round pick and Raheem Mostert still under contract for one more year, um, so that should that should help out at least carry him over next year as well. I think Raheem Mostert is going to be a stud for the rest of the season just because it has that big play potential. Um, he's a guy that can easily take 175 yards to the house, um, and that basically makes up for his fantasy week right there. Um, so I, I like Raheem Mostert. I think that's kind of an easy trade to make, at least for me, um, you know, if you can get it done for a second, um, if, if they want a little bit more, this team, this is IDP and there's five linebackers. So I would probably add someone, um, like a Tyrell Adams or Jamie Collins, if I had to, just to get the trade done. Um, you know, knowing that Jamie, that Jamie Collins is, is 30 at linebacker. So I would probably move him plus a second and see if that can get, that can get it done for Raheem Mostert. I I love the idea in in principle. I will say uh, you might have missed this. He he actually does not have a second. <laughs> oh yeah, I missed that. <laughs> got three first, but no second. So you might have to give a player who's second in value. Maybe maybe a Johnny Smith with a not being tight end premium is maybe a guy you could throw in there. Uh, maybe with the linebacker. Like again, I I. I I don't know IDP, so we usually ignore IDP when people send IDP uh, leagues in here. Um, what would, would that? Do you think John is about a second round value? No, even in non tight not not. Yeah, he's like worth like a third right now. Yeah, dude's not catching any passes. Uh, but if you, if you don't have a second round pick, um, I would probably try to. Uh, um, I would probably yeah. I'm just know, trying see to if I can you. move Will Fuller plus. Or Will Fuller for Raheem Mostert plus a pick. That makes some sense, yeah. And actually, uh, that that kind of leads into my trade, which uh, includes, uh, I believe, Will Fuller. Yes. So um, my trade was uh, to send Fuller, and uh, one of his mid first. He's got like uh, I think Chris mentioned. He's got a uh, a mid first, two two mid to late first plus an early first. I would not send the early first. Uh, looks like it could be as high as top uh, two or three. Um, to the team. This is too breezy. Um, for James Robinson and Jarvis Landry. Um, Landry's been uh getting a great target share with uh Odell gone. Uh, it hasn't really paid off until this week, partially because they've been playing in some of the worst weather imaginable for the last few weeks with uh, rain and wind. But uh, once he got out of that, he put up a nice twenty point week this week. Um, James Robinson, we talked about earlier. Uh, we all like James Robinson, and uh, he definitely has some running back issues, uh, especially with CMC out. I, I expect him back week 14, but he's not going to have him this week. And that means his best running back is basically like Devin Singletary uh, or Zach Moss. And he's trying to he's trying to get a win this week to get a bye, and he's got to start two. Um, so I like the idea of getting him a running back. And uh, so – and the other team, um, they're out of the playoffs that he would be trading them to. 
Um, they probably should be starting a rebuild. They're kind of a mixed bag. It looks like they were a team that was probably trying to contend, um, but it didn't work out for them. They got like Matt Ryan's and and I think uh, I, I don't have the roster. Their other roster up in front of me, but I know there was a lot of uh, older guys on there. So uh, I definitely think it would make some sense for them. Um, I guess it probably depends upon how they view James Robinson. Um, so, you know, a lot of people do think he might not have as much value next year. We talked about it earlier. We think he will. So I guess it depends on that. But he also has no first. And like I said, I think he probably – if he, I don't know if he realizes it or not, but he probably needs to start rebuilding a little here. And he's got some pieces to do. He's got Herbert. He's got Swift. He's got some nice young pieces already in place. Um, so picking up a first – um, which could be uh, as high as like six, seven, eight, I think from, from what I was looking at uh, would make some sense. So uh, what do you, and I, I meant, I put on here too, I'd even be willing to throw in a smaller piece. Um, if the guy's like hesitant to give up Robinson, maybe a, a Gabriel Davis or, or throwing Johnny Smith, he's got nothing at tight end after Zach Ertz who's declining. So uh, Stoops, what do you think of that one? I think it makes sense for him. Um, and here's the thing, even, even if, you know, people don't think Robinson holds long-term value. Essentially, he's making the push for this year. Now, obviously, if you're going to give up a first, and you want to have a long-term value piece. But even at that, like, it's going to help make the push this year, um, which is ultimately what what his, you know, his situation is at the moment. So I think it makes sense. Um, I think it makes sense. It, it, it may need to take that extra little, little bit that you were kind of mentioning to, right. to get it done, but it does make sense. For for and, both teams, really, both teams. And to the point you made earlier, to I don't mind giving up the first when you have two other firsts. I mean, mm-hmm. as well. And I mean, I don't think he's giving it away either. I think he's, yeah. he's getting decent value for it back. But uh, I'm a I'm generally if I have three or four firsts, I'm a, I'm a little freer to move those first anyway. Uh, Kane, any thoughts on that one before we finish up? Um, if I was the other person, I wouldn't be accepting it. Um, I would want more. I think James Robinson is a little too valuable. Um, and I, that's just me, though. Um, you can try. Um, I would imagine you would have to give up your, your other first-round pick rather than the one that's in the middle first. That would just be my assumption. So the one that's top four? That, that would be my thought. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't... Would you be willing to do that from his side? Yeah. Yep. You're okay with that? Yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with that. I think you're getting a better end of the deal on on both sides. Okay, um, so yeah, so maybe maybe you know he, he hopefully he's listening out there and he can if he if he's willing he can start with the mid and then up to the up yeah. to the top four. Well, there you go. And hopefully the other person's not listening. There you go. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right, we're talking you know Fuller and um, Jamar Chase or Rondell or Rondell Moore or Rashad Bateman for James Robinson and Jarvis Landry, which is a fair trade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Um, so that finishes up our find me a trade. So that pretty much is it for the show. I wanted to thank Kane again for coming on. Also, Chris, I want to thank you for co-hosting with me. Um, also, does anybody call you Chris or is it everybody call? I, I never hear anybody call you anything but stoops. I've actually yeah. referred to you as Chris a couple of times during the show. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> been called Chris. Okay, let me, at work, a couple people do like the newer associates, but no, it, no, nobody calls me Chris. And okay. when my mom, when my mom says Christopher, you know, it's that's, yeah, that's when it's oh, your mom always, yeah, yeah, my mom always, name. but no, nobody, Sometimes nobody calls the whole me Chris. first name and the middle name. Yeah, no one calls me Chris. 
It's okay. But, uh, I, don't, I don't care. But no, it's just always been Stoops. Yeah, Stoops is much more fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as I was saying, I want to thank Kane for coming on. I really appreciate it. We did, we actually had him. Uh, I think the previous show we were on, uh, we had Kane planned to come on. It didn't work out. Um, so I'm glad he could make it this time. And uh, Kane, you want to just uh, remind everyone of your uh, Twitter handle, all the places they can find you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Devi underscore Kane. And you can always find the podcast, the Devi Marketplace, at Devi Marketplace on the Twitter box. Um, it's just where we're going through a bunch of values and trying to understand what Devi values are and when to buy and when to sell and how that really relates to Dynasty football. Because the more you can understand when to buy and when to sell, the more you can optimize and maximize your team. Um, so you can always follow us over there. You can always uh, become a patron where it's patreon.com slash Debbie Marketplace, where we're just talking trades all the time. It's pretty great. So if you want to join us over there, um, that's great. My co-host is Shane Hallam, um, who's one of the top you know draft guys out there. So it, it's just great how, what he can bring to the table, especially as we drive into uh, draft season, which is right around the corner at this point. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I I love the podcast. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely a big help. I'm I'm in some Devi leagues, but I'm still newer to it, and I I don't watch a ton of college football. So listening to guys like you and Stoops helps me out a lot. Um, so everybody, go listen to that. Go listen to, to Stoops' podcast, Devi Light, and uh, we'll just finish up with some of our business here. Uh, I wanted to just uh, my handle again at Twitter is Dynasty FF Addict. Um, Again, Stoops, you can find it at Stoops1990. Um, the DAP network is at DAP underscore network. Go follow there um, so you can hear, uh, get get news and all the great podcasts that are coming out from the DAP network. Um, and also, please, if you like what you've heard, please take the time to subscribe, rate, and review. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. Uh, do the same for the DAP network as well. And uh, I think that will pretty much do it for this week, and we'll be back next week. Junkies out. <laughs>